1: Life if you give your
0: heart and believe what he's done for you. You'll be set for life with the treasure stored up in heaven when you're true.
1: You'll be set for life. Well, today we're in Second Kings chapter twenty-three, and I'm gonna call this one Josiah the Pulverizer. The pulverizer. It sounds like a Uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, The Pulverizer. What what does it mean to pulverize? It's when you break something until it's sand. You break it down into fine particles. And Josiah, he's going to do a lot of pulverizing. So (laughs) let me just get into the chapter and let it speak for itself where Josiah is going to restore true worship again through pulverization. Josiah, the pulverizer. 2 Kings 23, verse 1. Now the king sent them to gather all the elders of Judah and Jerusalem to him. The king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah, and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets, and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant which had been found in the house of the Lord. You know, I think it's great that Josiah, he wanted the people to hear about the book of the covenant before they even finished with the temple restoration. This was something they needed to hear and they needed to hear it now. You know, a lot of people could have said, Hey, let's wait until we finish the temple restoration and then we'll get into it. No, this is something they got to know today. And some of the prophets that were in attendance here that he had brought in would have been Jeremiah and Zephaniah because they were alive during that time. They would have responded to Josiah's summoning, to hear this book being read. Now, after all their years of false idol worship that they had been going on, they had kings, a series of generations of kings that put in some false god worship ahead of this time. They read the book now, and they would have heard uh, in their reading, they would have heard a verse such as Deuteronomy 27, verse 15, which says, Cursed is the one who makes a carved or molded image an abomination to the Lord. So they would have heard from the book, hey, God does not like this false God worship stuff that we've been doing. You cannot do this anymore. This is no good. So Josiah started tearing down these false altars, but tearing down the false altars was not enough. He wanted to make sure that they stayed down. You ever have a problem that you didn't want to just deal with at one time and then that was it? You wanted to make sure it stayed gone. I can remember this movie about this guy that had a problem with a computer, and so he didn't just take the computer out of the room. He took it outside, and he smashed it with a baseball bat, and his neighbors looked at him funny, but he didn't want to just get it out of the house. He wanted to destroy it so he couldn't pick it back up again. You know, some of y'all might be dealing with problems out there in your life, and the reason it doesn't totally go away is because you haven't really gotten it out of your life yet. You kind of still keep it on a back burner. If it's a problem with the bottle, you still leave the bottle on the shelf, you haven't really thrown it away or destroyed it. You know. So Josiah, he wanted to make sure things were stayed down. Any false altar he took down, he wanted it to stay gone. So King Josiah, he stationed everyone at the house of the Lord for the purpose of recalibrating them back towards the Lord God again. And he, you know, you got to put this into all the people. You can't just say, well, as a king, I'm just going to do it myself. He wanted everybody in this. Get them to the house of the Lord, everybody small and great, we're, even the prophets, we're all going to listen to this. This needs to go away. This false God worship has to stop, and it's got to be gone. Now, the temple of the Lord, what a great place to turn the switch back on, to get everybody back to the Lord God is right there at the temple. Great stuff. Second Kings 23, verse 3, then the king stood by a pillar and made a covenant before the Lord to follow the Lord and to keep his commandments and his testimonies and his statutes with all his heart and all his soul to perform the words of this covenant that were written in this book, and all the people took a stand for the covenant, okay, so he stood by a pillar. What is this? The temple of the Lord God had two pillars at the entrance, and each pillar had a name. They both had names. one's name was. Joachim, And the other one was Boaz, was the name of these pillars. Joachim means he will establish, meaning the Lord God will establish. And Boaz means in him is strength. And so for the king to stand by a pillar when they were going to make this covenant, that would indicate to the people that the Lord has the will to establish a covenant and he will establish it with his strength. Friends, when you call upon the name of the Lord, it says you will be saved. The Lord God has the strength he can also establish. And when he, when you call upon the name of the Lord, well, he has established that, that promise to, be, to save you through his strength. It's not based on you. It's by the Lord. And so Josiah, he used these pillars to stand next to one of them, at least. He wanted to deliver as much emphasis as he could when they made this covenant that the Lord God will establish, and he will hold it by his strength. He wanted the people to receive this wholeheartedly. Josiah didn't want it to just be about himself. Well, we're going to be in this covenant because I'm the king and I say so, because people could argue with that. Well, you know, Josiah, what happens when you die and you're gone and the next king comes in behind you and he's as wicked as the king before you? Well, Josiah stood by the pillars to say, this is the Lord God that's going to establish this. It's by his power. It's not by the power of any king or a series of kings. It's by the Lord God who is always here. And so I think it was important for him to stand there for the people to get the importance and the, the permanency of this covenant. Second Kings 23 verse 4, And the king commanded Hilkiah, the high priest, the priests of the second order, and the doorkeepers to bring out of the temple of the Lord all the articles that were made for Baal, for Asherah, and for all the hosts of heaven. And he burned them outside Jerusalem in the fields of Kidron and carried their ashes to Bethel. Okay, good. He burned it. <laughs> We're not just taking it down. We're going to have a garage sale. Hey, anybody feel like getting some false altars or some molded images or something? If you want to play with it, go ahead. No, he wanted nobody to have these things. He's going to burn them. Now, the previous kings before him, they had put false god items in the temple. Of God. That is not right. That is wrong. What an insult to the Lord God to put false God items in the temple. And so anything that had to do with false God worship, Josiah ordered it gone. And not just gone but we're going to burn it. <laughs> we're not having a a sale where you can come pick up some, you know, little items. Well, you know, Ray, you know, maybe some people still wanted to do that kind of, maybe that was their religion, maybe they still wanted to do that kind of religion. Why not make it available to them? Josiah said no. Nobody's having it. You're going to burn it. Now, I want you to remember back when Josiah first heard the word of God when it was read to him. They found that book, right? The priest read it to him. He was absolutely Heartbroken when he realized how sinful Israel had been, he he tore his clothes, he was distressed, but now this is the flip side of Josiah's sorrow. this overwhelming desire to say, "No more of this, we're going to get right with the Lord. See, a lot of people don't believe that God wants people to have godly sorrow. He does because that's where repentance comes from. No, 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 God doesn't want me to be sorry about anything; He just wants me to be happy, no. He had sorrow, and the good side of this is that now he's saying, "Uh uh-uh, we're not going to have this. We're going to burn it. We're going to tear it down get rid of it. And so he chose to burn the articles from his sorrow. He chose to burn all of these articles for the false gods so that nobody else could ever get their hands on these things with the intention of putting it all back up for worship all over again, because then it's going to taint the land and cause trouble just like it has been on the Israelites. See, friends? The people of Israel had trouble. They had starvation. They had wars. They had enemies come and conquer them. They're tired of it. They needed to understand that it was because they turned their back on the Lord God. Friend, I want to ask you, are you going through strain? Are you going through, well, it seems like your enemy always seems to get the better of you. Everybody seems to always take advantage. You know where that comes from? A lot of it comes from the fact that you are not serving the Lord God and you need to give your life back to him. Let him take over. This is one serious case of turn and burn. Josiah says, we're getting all of this out. My kingdom is going to be a good kingdom. We're going to live righteously before the Lord because we want peace. We're going to get rid of this bad, wicked stuff. 2 Kings 23 and 5. Then he removed the idolatrous priests whom the kings of Judah had ordained to burn incense on the high places in the cities of Judah and in the places all around Jerusalem. And those who burned incense to Baal, to the sun, oh goodness, (laughs) to the moon, to the constellations, and to all the host of heaven. And he brought out the wooden image from the house of the Lord to the brook Kidron outside of Jerusalem, burned it at the brook Kidron, and ground it to ashes, and threw its ashes on the graves of the common people. Okay, this passage alone right here is just, wow. <laughs> wow. Okay, look at this, guys. Josiah removed all the idolatrous priests, and he fired them. He says, you just lost your job. Get out of here. You're not doing this anymore. Get out. Now, the common people that are mentioned here, who, he, threw the, he threw the ashes uh, of, on the graves of these common people. Who are these guys? These are people who lived during that time when all of this idolatry was accepted as being okay. These are all people that lived in the time when they said, hey, it's okay to worship false gods. It's okay to abandon the Lord God of Israel. We're fine with this. Go ahead and do it. So no, this is not good. So what he did, he spread the ashes of their false gods. He tore their their idols down and all their altars down and burned it. He took the ashes of that stuff and he put it on the graves of all the people who had worshiped these false gods. This was probably as a judgment against them. Or to maybe show everybody, hey, we're going to bury their idols with them. Their false gods are just as dead as they are. It was a testament. It was a judgment against these people for what they had done with these false gods. And that's why he threw the ashes on the common people, the people that said, hey, it's fine. It's okay. Friends, I know today we have a culture that says sin is okay. And everybody's telling you it's okay. It's in the movies. It's on TV. It's on the news. Goodness, they're putting it on products now that you buy. You can't hardly go buy a a can of sausage and beans or something without some political agenda on there telling you that what God's word says is sin is actually okay and you should be all right with it because this company endorses it. It's ridiculous. There is a testament coming against you if you bow to that. If you say yes, it's okay and I'm good with that, even after you're gone in your grave, there may be a testament against you over that false god worship. Don't do it. 2 Kings 23 and 7. Then he tore down the ritual booths of the perverted persons that were in the house of the Lord, where the women wove hangings for the wooden image. Okay, what are these ritual booths? They were where people made items that were probably used in the worship of Asherah or Baal or the sun, or the moon, or the constellations, or, hey, look, there's a comet. Let's set up a false god for that. I mean, goodness, they're coming up with everything. So these booths, they made decorations to help in worship of these crazy false gods. They they built them in these tents, these booths, and these perverted persons listed here. They were prostitutes, probably both male and female prostitutes, that practiced their their profession in these booths. And a lot of them believed that it would provoke the, the arousal of their gods, their false gods, if they enacted their profession, their sexual perverted professions, in these booths as an act of worship to their gods. And friends, to think that this was all going on in the temple of the Lord. How terrible. Josiah tore all this stuff down and kicked them out you're gone. Second Kings 23 and 8. And he brought all the priests from the cities of Judah and defiled the high places where the priests had burned incense, from Geba to Beersheba. Also he broke down the high places at the gates, which were at the entrance of the gate of Joshua, the governor of the city, which were to the left of the city gate. Okay, so Josiah, he burned down false God material that had been placed in the house of the Lord. But here, he's not just tearing stuff down. It says he defiled them, the false God's high worship places. See, you don't, friends, you don't worship the Lord God of Israel in the high places where you're proud. Oh, look at all the money I've gotten. Praise God. Oh, look at my new job promotion. Praise God. God. Oh, thank you, Lord God. I'm going to praise the Lord God real good because. Man, I'm doing so good in life right now. It's amazing. You don't worship God in the high places. You thank him. I, I, no doubt. If you get a bonus, if you get a raise, whatever, that's, that's great. Thank the Lord God. But you don't worship him like that with those things. Because what will end up happening is you will only worship God when things are going great. You won't worship God when things are bad. The best times to worship the Lord God is when you're down low. That's why we bow the knee and get low in humility before the Lord God. You can be poor, have no job at all, no money at all, and give God the purest praise. And it, it's, it's in the low places. God does his best stuff in our weakness. That's when his power is perfected. So that's what the problem is with all these high places of worship. That's not where the Lord God wanted worship to be done. He wanted to be worshiped in the temple of the Lord that was there in Jerusalem. So he's ta- Josiah, he's taken all these high-place worship centers down and destroying them and all the, all that. But here it says he defiled them, the false gods, in their high-worship places. So what is defile? Defile means to spoil or to ruin something in order to make it unclean, to defile it, to spoil it. But how do you defile something? How is that done? Okay. Let's take, for example, that the high priest here, they could not, there were high priests in, in God's temple. They were not allowed to defile themselves by touching a dead body. That would defile them. It would make them unclean. So let's take that idea and let's suppose that you have a false religion of a certain false god that perhaps one of the rules might have been that uh, no dirt can touch any of the worship artifacts or something like that. So what that would mean is that Josiah would go to these false God worship centers and he would understand what their rule book was. Don't do this, don't do that, or it defiles it. Like, say, for instance, no dirt on the artifacts. Well, then what Josiah did is he'd get a bunch of dirt and he'd throw dirt all over everything. He didn't just go there to destroy it and take it down. First, he took the time to defile it. So, Josiah did to each high place whatever that particular place's religion said should not be done. Josiah did exactly what that place's religion says. You can't not do that here or it makes it unclean. So, Josiah went and did specifically that. If it said don't have dirt on the artifacts, he threw dirt on it. Okay, he, just whatever it was, Josiah did it to defile it. So, not only did Josiah break places down, But he also put in the effort to defile them. Now my question was why do this? What's the point of putting in the effort to defile a high place, especially if that false God didn't exist? Why do all that? Because some people would say, Well, if you truly believe that there's no God of that high place, if that God to you is false, why defile it? Why why do you even need to bother if there's no God there at all? Because by defiling it, that would show the people that worshiped those false gods that their false gods were non-existent. See, if you're defiling a high place, that god should have the power to come do something about it. We saw God do something about it on uh, Mount Carmel when the the Baal worshipers challenged uh, uh was it Elijah to a contest over a sacrifice. God did something and then people all got to see that the Lord God acted. He did something about it. But when you're defiling a false god's altar, and nobody does anything about it, then you could say, where's your God? Where He didn't do anything. Nothing happened. So it would show people that their false gods were non-existent and therefore incapable of stopping Josiah from defiling it. So you see, the Lord God always does something. He always did something for his name and for his people. But with Josiah tearing down and defying the high places of the false gods, the people would get a chance to see how worthless and how non-existent their false gods were, which lead would, would lead them to the thought, why did I ever worship this crazy god in the first place? If he's not real, apparently he can't do anything about it. You know, maybe there's something to this god of Israel. Then that would start getting people to think, you know what, maybe I've been worshiping wrong. Maybe I should worship the God of Israel. He seems to actually exist and actually do things for his name. So the point of defiling these high places, the point of it here, is to get people to turn back to the Lord God of Israel. Because false gods can't produce anything, and they would see that when Josiah was tearing it down and defiling their high places. 2 Kings 23 verse 9 Nevertheless, the priests of the high places did not come up to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem, but they ate unleavened bread among their brethren. So, okay, the priests of the high places, many of them were actually Levites. So you would think that Josiah would want to get them ready to do sacrifice work back in God's temple again. That's not what happened here. No, it says that the priests did not come to the altar of the Lord in Jerusalem. That means they didn't just say, okay, well, let's go do work in the the temple of God now. We used to work on high places. Okay, that's over. Josiah stopped it. Let's go down and work for the Lord God now. It, It didn't happen. Why is this? I think what happened here is that these Levite priests, because they had been offering sacrifices on high places, they were not allowed to serve in the temple that Josiah was restoring. I guess you could say that since these priests had been tainted, by a false form of worship, then it wasn't right for them to just go right back to work in the temple. Josiah did not consider them fit. You can't just cut off from this and go straight into working over here. You've been doing false religion for far too long. It's not time for you to come and work for the Lord right now. We also have to consider the fact that these Levites, only Levites could be priests. You can't just go get anybody and say, hey, I want you to be a priest. You can't get somebody from the tribe of Benjamin or from the tribe of Reuben or whatever and say, hey, come be a priest. Only Levites could do this. So again, going back to Mount Carmel, Elijah had all the priests, the false priests there, executed. They annihilated them all. They wiped them out. But they were not Levites. So you can't just wipe Levites out. Josiah can't just kill them. You need to keep Levites around because that's the only tribe that's allowed to do sacrifice work. So I guess you could say that since these priests were in tainted false form of worship, they couldn't just go right to work in the temple. However, Josiah did allow them to go eat unleavened bread, as it says, the unleavened bread that was brought into the temple. It's kind of like he's like, hey, y'all need to take a time out. You're tainted. You need some detox time. You need a detox period before you can go get to work in the temple. A long time ago, I used to belong to a church that had some crazy things going on in it that was absolutely wrong, and it was tainted. The church was sick. I came on board with the church I'm with today, and the pastor of that church that was pastor at the time, he said, hey, before you get up and do any preaching, you need to take some detox time to let out what all the the crazy things that may have latched on to you. And he was right. I, I needed some time to just chill for a while before I got up to the pulpit. It's kind of like when you get out of the shower and you're soaking wet, you dry off with a towel. And even after you hang the towel up, there's still some residual water that's still on you. And you have to get out in the house and get under a fan or whatever. And it, it takes, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes before all the water is truly off of you, even though you dry it off. So when you get in this... uh tainted environment where there's trouble going on. Even though you have been pulled out of it, even though Josiah had torn down the altars, there were still some residuals hanging on these guys that needed to come off eventually. So I think that's why they did not go down to the altar of the Lord.
0: Thank you for listening to Set for Life.
1: I want you to remember that you are not worthless. You are priceless. Messiah Jesus died on the cross to redeem you so that you can be set for life.
0: You'll be set for life. You'll have all you need. Just receive with a willing heart. You'll be set